Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And I want to invite you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to help take the fear out of what's next, given our current environment. The influence of a global pandemic on our economy has caused many to feel paralyzed through the fear of the unknown. During this series, we will interview a futurist, economist, physician, psychologists, and local Milwaukee business owners and leaders on how to apply their insight to your financial future. Shows will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. Today, I'm with Daniel Burris. Dan is considered one of the world's leading futurist speakers on global trends and disruptive innovation. The New York Times has referred to him as one of the top three business gurus in the highest demand as a speaker. He is a strategic advisor to executives from Fortune 500 companies, helping them to develop game-changing strategies based on his proven methodologies for capitalizing on technology innovations and their future impact. He is the author of seven books, including the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal's bestseller, Flash Foresight, as well as the international bestseller, Tecto Trends. And I'm also honored to call him my friend. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, thank you, thank you. You, you also forgot my last book, uh, my latest one, uh, which is also a bestseller, The Anticipatory Organization. And That's right, which is really a lot of what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, Dan, I was reading some of your, some of the information that, you know, you're always so great about sending out and, this pandemic has really leveled the playing field. And with these types of disruptive changes, and they're moving so fast, everything seems to be uncertain. And that uncertainty causes that wait and see, which is exactly what you say people shouldn't do. Right, exactly. Uh, wait and see is, uh, will keep you behind the curve. And uh, everything seems to be uncertain, but yet one of the things I'm helping people to see is that, no, there's an amazing amount of certainty that we do have. Let me give you uh, the number one certainty that we do have. The pandemic will end. Now, how will you, how will your organization, how will your company be remembered when the pandemic ends? By the way, you better be thinking about that now. And with that being said, uh, let me give you, if I could, a couple of examples of, uh, of how to do that and how to think about it. And one is, uh, most of us are focused on living a successful life being successful uh, at the various things we do. And of course, in our companies, uh, we want a successful company. And success is all measured on you. It's all about your company. Uh, and personally, it's about how many degrees you have, how much money you have, the kinds of cars and homes you have, how many plaques you have on the wall. It's all inwardly focused. And from a company perspective, it's uh, your growth curve. It's how many people... Uh, that maybe that, uh, that you've hired, it's uh, the, for your profitability, it's your stockholder return, that's all about success. But there's something that's far bigger than success I would like us to think about, and the pandemic is giving us a really good excuse to focus on it, and that is instead of success, which is inwardly focused, I'd like people to be thinking about significance, which is not about you and your company, it's about what you do for others. 
and if we can elevate our significance, not only as uh, a, a business, but as a human being, you know what, success will end up following you and coming around as a byproduct of that significance. Uh, so for, let me give you a quick example. Um, there's not enough respirators, as we know, because of this pandemic. So uh, Ford uh, decided, hey, we can start making uh, respirators, but we got a problem, and that is uh, we need workers in there, and we're in a lockdown. So they got over 500 UAW, uh, their workers from the UAW, to volunteer to come in to make respirators. Now, again, here we have management and labor who normally don't work together, but instead of thinking of themselves, they thought of others, they decided to not do something successful, stay at home and play it safe, but do something significant. And uh, my guess is Ford and the UAW may, after the pandemic, have a new relationship. Uh, I could give you countless examples of that, but uh, so ask yourself, what would a significant husband or wife do? What would a significant father or mother do? What would a significant friend do? What would a significant uncle or aunt or grandma or grandpa do? What would a significant business do, entrepreneur do? What would right now a bar owner who's closed down or a restaurant owner who's closed down, what would they do to do something significant? And as many of you know, many are stepping up. So my first message is let's think of significance over success at this time, use it as an excuse. And by the way, when the pandemic is over, and believe me, it will end, how will you be remembered? Uh, secondly, I would like people to think differently uh, right now about their current situation. You see, instead of all the things you can't do, that doesn't empower me. I want to look at all the things I can do. I don't want to look at all the things that, uh, that I am um, uncertain about. I want to look at, again, that bigger list of things that I can be certain about and think different about the business. There are hidden markets. So let me just give you a couple of quick examples uh, of uh, some businesses that I've been helping because for the last month, I've really been putting in care in uh, you know, 10 hour days. I've been working on weekends. I've been busier than ever. I haven't been really making money doing it. What I've been doing is doing what I'm talking about. Significant work helping people from all over the world because I think we should all do that. And here, let me give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, uh, years ago, I gave a opening keynote speech to the convenience store owners from all around the country. So that was a big audience of all the, you know, the stop and goes, all the convenience store owners. And ever since that speech, they interview me once a year. So a few weeks ago, they decided to interview me, and uh, this is about three weeks ago, and say, all right, so our convenience stores got less people coming in for gas, or having to lay people off, business is way down. Uh, and a lot of them are thinking they may even have to close just to save the business. Uh, what would you advise them? And of course, I shocked them as I usually do. And I said, hey, you got to be hiring people, not firing people. Instead of being a convenience store, you need to become um, a uh, something far more valuable than that, an a indispensable store. Uh, you need to be uh, uh, looking at all these Uber drivers and Lyft drivers that are currently um, not taking people to restaurants and bars and get them to be delivering your products to people that are your customers, as well as how about to new customers like nursing homes and others. Uh, change your product mix a little bit, maybe a little less cigarettes, a little, maybe a little bit more uh, extra strength Tylenol and, and uh, increase your food. 
So what's, uh, now I just, that's a little bit of what I told them. Uh, so instead of being a convenience store, shift to being a necessity store. And since I've done that, I have, uh, that by the way was published the next day because I liked it so much. And since then, I've heard of convenience stores becoming necessity stores and doing just that and actually hiring people and expanding. And by the way, when the pandemic is over, maybe they'll never go back to being a convenience store. Maybe they will be considered a necessity store from then on. You see, you got to remember how will you be remembered afterwards and could you grow your business instead of shrinking it? Let me give you one more quick example and then Karen, I'm going to give you a chance to ask me a question because I've been on a roll here and I want, <laughs> I want you to ask me a few things. So um, one other one is I think a good example. I was contacted uh, by a uh, owner of a large chain of dry cleaners and uh, this was in the LA area because as you know, I work all over the world. And in this case, it's in LA, they have, uh, this one was, uh, their LA office had nine dry cleaners. And um, the question was, our business is down 90%. Hey, people aren't uh, going to the office anymore. They're not doing their shirts. They're not doing their suits. They're not taking care of their dresses and all of those things. So 90% down, I'm going to have to shut down. That's a lot of employees. I feel bad about it. And, um, and I said, you don't want to shut down. You want to expand. You got to think different about it. You've been milking a cash cow for years. By the way, that's your known customers. <clears throat> but what you have to do is decide what are the hidden customers, the ones you never bothered with, though the hidden markets, because you were too busy milking the old ones. I said, let's just think for a minute. All those people in drugstores, all of those people in grocery stores, all of the clerks, all of the cashiers, they're being exposed and they're putting their lives in a way at risk to serve us all. And frankly, all of those clothes should be getting cleaned every day because that virus can get on clothes. And we would like those workers to stay working. We'd like them to stay healthy and we'd like them to not get contaminated. So, uh, and by the way, all those stores, all those drug stores, they're making money, a lot of money. They're hiring, not firing. Uh, they need people. So actually they're making quite a bit of money and they're gonna make a lot less money if they don't have workers. So you've got new customers. You need to reach out and start doing a daily cleaning of their stuff. Secondly, uh, the, uh, think of all the first responders. Think of all of the police, all the fire, all of those people that normally get their uniforms cleaned once a week at best. And, um, and the people that do that uniform cleaning, cleaning don't have an operation that can handle more than that. Uh, they've, they're geared for that kind of cleaning. However, listening to what I've just said, you all know, wow, that stuff should be cleaned every day, every night, uh, all of those clubs. Uh, so that's a new market. By the way, what about all the healthcare workers that are coming home with clothes and they'd like to be with their kids and their family, but that, those clothes should, should be washed every day. And I'm not talking about the scrubs they were using when they were uh, helping and saving lives. I'm talking about the clothes they wore to go there and to get back. So what's happening? They're not closing, they're expanding. Let's rethink about our businesses. Let's rethink about our markets. Let's not just focus on hunkering down and waiting and seeing, but rather, what could I do to reach out in a significant way and at the same time, possibly grow my business in a new way that I've never thought of before? Long answer to your question, but I wanted to get in uh, a number of examples so well, that- I think uh, examples and stories really help people to get their arms around things. But so many people, Dan, are in fear. 
how does someone think outside of the box and look for those options that you have? In fact, I think what we'll do is let's take a break right now. It's probably a good time. And when we come back, let, if you can sort of paint a picture as to how does someone think out of that box? How do they let go of that fear of, and that wait and see and they want to stick their head in the sand? And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. This is a brand new series that we are doing and we will be hosting this for the next several weeks, talking about what's next after the switch turns off and, and the pandemic is over. And we've just been talking to my friend, um, Dan Burris, who is one of the world's leading, leading future speakers on global trends and disruptive innovation. And he says, and he guarantees that uh, we can we can be certain that this will to end. So Dan, you know it's going to end, and the switch at some at to some point it's going to end. But what do people do who are sitting back and, and they know that they've got to do something, but they just they can't do it. They don't know how to do it. They're in such fear that that they're almost paralyzed. Yeah, thank you. True, uh, true emotion that we all have, and. Uh... I think, uh, let, me, let me give you a practice that I've done for a long time myself, way before the pandemic, that is quite amazing and I think everyone should consider it. And number one is, um, when you wake up in the morning, uh, before looking at your phone, before getting out of bed, before listening to the news, before doing all of that, just spend a couple of minutes thinking about what you can be grateful for. And I would like you to challenge yourself every day to not think of the same things, because you might think you can only be grateful for one or two things, but actually there are thousands of things you could be grateful for. I'm grateful just to be alive today. Uh, frankly, it's good to get out of bed and stand up. So what can you be grateful for? When you start your day in gratitude, the day is started out in the right way. Secondly, right now, all of your immune systems, our immune system, it needs to be nourished. We need to have a strong immune system, and we know there are three things to a strong immune system which can keep you from uh, succumbing to that disease um, if you get exposed to it. Uh, one of them is getting some exercise in, and there are many things that you can do in your home. There, yeah, Of course, you can still go outside and take a, a walk. You wanna practice social distancing, but by the way, I don't like the word social distancing because we're social creatures. We need each other. So instead of social distancing, I think we ought to call it physical distancing. We want to be physically distanced, not socially separated. Um, so with that said, why don't you, on a daily basis, reach out and help others? Because when you're in fear, you're focused on yourself. But when you're helping others, once again, you're reaching out. So why don't every day you decide to call uh, maybe three people that you haven't talked to in a long time. Maybe it's a, uh, uh, an uncle or an aunt or a cousin or a brother or a sister, or maybe it's someone that's elderly. Maybe it's some neighbors just to see how they're doing and uh, try to comfort them because we know when you comfort others, you find yourself comforting yourself. So let's not be socially distant. Let's be physically distant from each other as we uh, get around. Um, a third thing is I was just on the phone with a good friend of mine last night. Uh, his name is Charlie Plum. And uh, Charlie uh, was a prisoner of war in Vietnam for just under six years. Talk about social separation. By the way, he did not have Netflix and he did not have toilet paper for almost six <laughs> years. Um, and, uh, and there were guards and there were beatings. Hey, you won't have that. 
give me a break. You do not have that. He didn't have any of that stuff. And yet he and all the other guys in there uh, survived, not only survived, but uh, have, are doing great. Charlie's an amazing guy, and so are many of the others that I've had a pleasure of getting to know. In other words, you cannot control what happens to you, but you can control uh, how you respond to it. So why don't you take control, and there are plenty of things to be worried about, but we can be sure that, uh, that again, uh, all the humans are not being wiped out on the planet. And you know what? When we get back, will people want to go to restaurants? Yeah, that's a certainty, by the way. Will people want to go to uh, bars? Well, that's a certainty. Will people want to buy some new clothes? Well, that's a certainty. Will people want to get a new car? Yeah, that's a certainty. Will people want to uh, buy a, a new dress or a new suit? That's a certainty. In other words, we're going to want to do all those things that we have done before. So, you know, the, uh, the economy will come back. However, I'm going to address just a word here, and that is back. What we're all thinking of is how will we ever get back to the way it was? And let me give you a really big insight. Uh, you can never go back. There is no back. Um, I drive a Harley Davidson, and one of the things I love about it is there's no reverse. I can't go back. I can only go forward. And we have the ability to make the forward, the future, better or worse. By the way, you do have a choice. You can make it either way. So instead of trying to get back, we need to realize there is no back. We're going forward, and we have some ability now from what we've learned to maybe do things, fix some wrongs, and make things even a little better than they were in the past, to elevate where we were, or hunker down and do nothing. So, uh, and by the way, you mentioned, Karen, the light switch. Um, it, uh, I do a lot of work with uh, healthcare from around the world. I do a lot of, I've actually worked with uh, uh, CDC and other groups like that, and it will not be a light switch where all is on and off in terms of getting us all back. Um, there are some things that we need to happen. I have a lot of friends that are doctors and nurses in hospitals in Wisconsin. I'm in San Diego now, as you can see, but hey, Wisconsin is home. And uh, they'll tell you right now, hey, people are dying all over the place and we're under-equipped, et cetera, et cetera. You, and they're putting their life at risk. We need to have our healthcare system in good enough shape so that at least they have the basic supplies so we aren't even killing the healthcare workers so that we can come back. Because, you know, the virus is not going away. It's not a virus that is here today and a switch and it's gone tomorrow. Uh, there are some things we need, like, secondly, testing. We don't have a lot of good testing now. We're rolling it out, by the way. It's being rolled out, but, hey, we need good, reliable testing. Because right now we've got a pyramid versus a, uh, pardon me, we got an iceberg, not a pyramid, which means we still don't, we can't see it all. We don't know what's all there. So when we can see that better, and that's coming soon, we'll get a better handle on how to deal with it. We got antibody testing, so we can see if you've already had it and have a chance of being immune to it, although that hasn't been proven yet, but we're hoping that that will be the case. Um, and uh, so there are a number of steps that we will take as we transition back versus light switch back. One other little quick thing <clears throat> I think it's important to say for your own personal health and that is, uh, again, if, if those of you that have been reading my materials and uh, listening to the things that I do for been over a month, uh, I talked about one of the things we know about the virus. First of all, this is not like the seasonal flu, which is a human uh, disease. This is an animal disease that jumped to human. That's why we don't know anything about it. 
That's why we're just trying to learn about it as we go. And so it's unique. Uh, secondly, we've known since uh, late December and early January, where the outbreak was, that the virus will double every three days in its spread, very contagious. Every three days, it will double. But that is what I call a soft trend. In my books and writing, I separate hard trends, which are based on future facts, like the pandemic will end, to soft trends. Like uh, in this case, the doubling every three days of the virus is a soft trend. If we do what we know will contain it, we can stop the doubling. So basically, getting people to lock down and not go out is saving lives and keeping you from getting it worse. The mistake we might think is, well, we don't have very many problems, so now we can go out and mingle around again. But see, the virus is still mingling around too. What we want to do is do it in a smart way so that it doesn't come back on us, as it started to do in some other places around the world that uh, have done that. So it won't be a light switch. We will get back and we will transition. I'd rather call it a transition. And that transition can start uh, quite soon because we're rolling out testing and the other things that we need. You know, Dan, um, one of the things, and I've been so blessed to know you and, and talking to you all the time, and you're always encouraging me and have helped me to think outside of the box. And I'm here in Florida, and I was thinking, I am lost. I don't know, I don't know what to do. How can I help anybody? I'm, I'm not a sewer of a mask. I can't do a lot of these things. And I am truly grateful. But what I noticed was that as I would go to the grocery store, and even as I'm walking in my community, every day, people started to get grimmer and grimmer. I mean, they weren't smiling. And so this morning when I was walking, everyone I passed, I would look and I said, it's a great day. You still can smile. And, but people were getting so um, fearful. And I kept thinking, what can I do? And then I realized, talk about thinking out of the box. I've got this radio show I've done for 29 years. And I stopped turning off the TV because there were snippets of information that kept dragging me down and feeling so blue and helpless. And I thought for me, it was, why don't we do a radio show where we can really address an issue and give people something to think about. And so now I feel like I've done a little part of something. And well, we can all do something. Yeah, yeah that's, how can that's people that's figure that out? How can people look at that? Well, again, I would like you to think of a list of things that you can do and it starts with maybe your community, maybe your family. I mean, I know that uh, I just saw on local uh, television that uh, there's a little girl that can sing really well. So at, uh, in her neighborhood, every night she goes out and uh, they have a little speaker and a microphone and she sings and all the neighbors <laughs> come out at the end of their driveway and listen to her because she's really amazingly good and it's, uh, it brings yes. light. Oh, well, I'm just giving you an example. I uh, wear a mask outside and again, why are we wearing masks that are not the N95s? And the answer is not so much to protect you as to protect others. Because if you happen to cough or sneeze and have the virus, that's how you give it to others. So, so what did I do with the mask? I got a, I got a smiling face on there. Because they can't see my face smiling. Well, you can see the mask smiling. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and when I go by people, I wave at them. Well, you know what they do? They wave back. So it's amazing how you can change other people's attitudes just by your own attitude and your attitude adjustment. Um, Dan, um, we're going to take a quick break. Wendy's giving me the high sign. This is a great, this is also a great piece because talking about um, the gratitude and helping others and 
helps you to think out of the box. And I always say, when you lift others, you lift yourself. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Dan Burris. And as I've said in the past, he's one of the world's leading futurist speakers on global trends and disruptive innovation. And I think that we would all be willing to um, admit that this has truly been a disruption. And it's the first time that the disruption has been the entire world. And Dan, I absolutely, you know, I love you anyways, but just picturing you with a mask on with these lips smiling makes my heart warm. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing that we can all do. Uh, there's, uh, you know, again, you asked me, what could an individual do? Well, you know, you, if you've got uh, somebody that knows how to sew or draw, you know, you could do that. Maybe the kids could help make masks for themselves. Uh, maybe that's a business, selling masks with smiles on them. See, all of a sudden, we <laughs> That could be really big right now. So, you know, again, let's not hunker down and have a wait and see. Let's reach out. Let me share something I've learned uh, over the many decades I've been on planet Earth. And for the last 31 years, uh, pardon me, 36 years running Burris Research and not just speaking around the world, but as you know, I do a lot of strategic advising as well. And here's one of the things I've learned. Um, when uh, things are at their worst, that's when humans are at their best. So instead of looking around for all the bad, why don't you look around and see the good? Why don't you start collecting and sharing with each other uh, stories of how uh, you know Brooks Brothers has decided to, uh, uh, since they're not selling a lot of clothes right now, they're making masks for healthcare workers and giving them away. Or how uh, a small real estate firm that I know who did, that isn't that big, they asked for donations from their workers they ended up getting $6,000 in gift cards and gave them to local doctors and nurses. Uh, that uh, you see, and there was another uh, company I know that, uh, that uh, manufactures uh, is in the marijuana business and they changed their production to, uh, to create uh, 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 dishwasher um, hand wipes. Uh, again, giving it all away to the public and to healthcare workers. Uh, that's significance. They're not making money on that. What they're doing is stepping up to the plate. Because as I said in the beginning of this, how will you be remembered when this is over? Now I'm thinking of it as a company, or again, as a mother, father, brother, sister, however you want to think about it. So maybe we can inspire people personally to, uh, to, to do more, uh, to love a little bit more, uh, to care a little bit more, to help a little bit more. Uh, we can all be a little bit more, and I think uh, that's, that's exciting. Um, by the way, there's companies that are hiring right now. Uh, let me just give you a quick list, all right, just so you can know. Um, here's companies that are hiring, uh, and there's a big list. Kroger, uh, PepsiCo, Papa John's, CVS, 7-Eleven, Walmart, Walgreens, Domino's, Dollar Store, Dollar Tree, Amazon, uh, Costco, Albertsons, Army uh, National Guard is hiring. KPMG, Genentech, Lowe's, uh, Whole Foods. I mean, I could, there's, so, you know, there, it, it's not all just gloom and doom. You can even kind of think to yourself, who would logically be hiring? But here's another thing I wanted to share. Just, this is really interesting. Let's talk about the fastest growing products in the last uh, three, three weeks or so. And then the lowest, and listen to the percents. Now, makes sense, disposable gloves growth, 670%, that makes sense. 
Bread machines up 652% making bread. Why? People are at home. What are you going to do? Weight training gear, 307% up. Fitness gear, 170% up. Uh, paper products, 264% up. Refrigerators, 160% up in sales. Yoga equipment, 154%. Craft kits, 117% up. Humidifiers, 105% up. By the way, what could I predict next? Well, I'm from Wisconsin. Dehumidifiers, that'll be going up. Office chairs, 104%. Uh, office desk, 89%. These are growing categories. Now, here's, you just heard all those percents. Now, here's the interesting thing. What are the leading decliners during that same period of time? Here is the top number one decliner. Luggage sales, well that makes sense, people aren't traveling. But here's the decline, minus 77%. Now I didn't say minus 700%, I said minus 77%. Briefcases, well that makes sense. How much is it down? 77%. Cameras, down 64%. Formal wear, how many people are going to formals? It's only down 62%. Gym bags, 57%. Look, I'm not talking 570%, it's 57%. In other words, when we have the data, we can start to see, you know, hey, if we are shut down. And by the way, if people are surprised about unemployment during a shutdown, why in the world are you surprised? Of course, we're going to have unemployment. We're shut down. But when we open up, and it'll be a stage opening up, but as we open up, like again, people have needs. One last thing, right now, everybody has needs. Everybody is hurting to some degree. So if you're a business, if you're a salesperson, instead of reaching out trying to sell them something, which by the way, will not go over too well, why don't again take the significance approach and say, I know you're hurting, I've thought about the problems you must be having because I've worked with you, and I've got some ideas of how I could help you with no meter running. By the way, you will be remembered, you will be used, and you know what, you're gonna probably find a way to make some money on that in the, uh, if you're not focused on making the money, that's success. If you're focused on doing something significant, because that's how you get to success. Success is a byproduct of significance, especially during this time. Okay, I'll let you ask me some questions again. You know, Dan, one of the things that I'm curious about is we're talking specifically to business owners and how they can restart and, and bring significance to the community, but I'm guessing that there's a lot of employees that are afraid as well. And how does a business owner approach alleviating some of the fears around their around their employees? Well, I, I think the key for business owners is clear communications. And secondly, instead of giving them unknowns and uncertainties, and I've helped a lot of business leaders over the last month, especially with this, start speaking about what you are certain about. Because if you frame your discussion around certainties, for example, I know when this comes back around, what we did will be in need. And, I'm, and this business is going to be doing that again. And we will need employees to do that. So we're all in this together. Let's try to survive together and let's share ideas of how we can help each other through this so that we can get to the other side and serve our customers as we always have. And as a matter of fact, maybe even grow. So in, again, it's about clear, concise, and, uh, and based on certainty. 
And if, uh, and again, I've written a lot about how to find certainty using hard trends that are based on future facts. And if you go to Burrus, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com, I've got blogs on that. You don't have to pay for those. You can use those. Uh, I've got resources. As a matter of fact, if you went to burris.com slash hope, uh, there's some free resources in there as well as some open webinar uh, videos that uh, you could catch some of the things I've said in some other uh, key webinars that I've done. And uh, when we come back, we'll give out some more information. But Dan, um, we're going to take a quick break. One of the other things that I think there is certainty in is that a lot of companies aren't going to make it. Um, how do they take that, that inventory of, do I even open my doors again? And how can they reinvent themselves when they were struggling before this even hit? And so my guest today is Dan Burris, and he is a futurist, and he has been talking about how to really identify how you can be significant, how you can grow your company, and how the practice of gratitude at the heart and from the heart is one of the main key elements to, I think, um, making your way through this pandemic. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Dan Burris, and Dan is one of the world's leading future speakers on global trends and disruptive innovation. He is also the author of seven books including the New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller, Flash Foresight, um, Technotrends, and Anticipatory... Organizations. Organizations. <laughs> yeah. I got the book right on my desk and I'm trying, okay, can I see it? You know, Dan, before we took the break, and this is our, our last um, segment here, I, I want to let you kind of just roll with it because you're always, you always are, have this capacity to say things in a way that people can hear them. But I also know that there's a lot of businesses that are saying these are already all really great things and give away, but I'm just afraid that I'm never going to even be able to open my doors. And should I be looking at, before I even open my doors, at maybe redefining or recreating what I was done doing because it wasn't working? And has this been sort of a way for me to um, kind of a wake-up call that I need to do something different? Well, first of all, all of us have more control than we realize. And secondly, uh, there are businesses that will not be able to uh, make it through this time because they were not strong in the first place. They didn't have a lot of revenue coming in. Um, you know, they weren't uh, growing fast enough. They didn't have a reserve. Uh, so there are definitely people that will be having trouble and will not be able to come back. Here's the thing that I'd like those smaller businesses to be thinking about. Number one, people's needs will come back. Uh, again, let's talk about a restaurant or a, a small bar perhaps, or something like that. We're gonna need the bars, we're gonna need the restaurant. The key is who's gonna own them, who's gonna run them. Um, and if you were an entrepreneur that, uh, that had a passion and, and also some business knowledge to be able to run a successful bar or restaurant, you're gonna be able to do that again. It may not have the same name on the door. Uh, it may, you may call it something else. Uh, but where the need again is there, the customers will be there and the, uh, and the opportunity will be there. So at some point you have to look at uh, what did I learn from the situation that I'm in right now? Uh, was I strong going into this? Did I spend too much going into this? Had I, what kind of business knowledge would I have needed 
to be able to have survived this instead of looking like I can't. So that, why? Because you got a future, and I'd like you to survive whatever is next, because there's always something that comes along. Let's face it, we had the Black Monday in the uh, 87, we had the Gulf War in 90, we had the Asian monetary crisis in 98, the tech bubble in 2000, the financial crisis in 07 through 09, um, the trade war that were going on, I mean, that hurt Harley and others. So all I'm going to say uh, there is, hey, it's, there's gonna be future issues. You wanna go into those stronger. So what are you learning from this? Because you will indeed have a future if you choose to have one. Once again, if you can personally think to yourself, I'm a failure, this failed, and I could never do anything successful again, I would think that uh, you're putting a lot of uh, this onto you instead of looking at how can I grow and learn from this. Let's go back to the prisoners of war. Um, they, uh, when you are in a horrible situation, like my friend Charlie was for almost six years, not to mention maybe a small business that's looking like they can't come back. These are horrible things. And one of getting a cancer diagnosis is a horrible thing. Losing someone to this disease is a horrible thing. You know, bad things happen to good people. So when something bad is happening, again, it's not what happens to you, it's how you react and respond to it. And what I've observed over many decades of being alive on planet Earth is that people either rise or fall in a time of crisis. Either we get torn down and stay there and can't get up again, or we learn from it and grow from it and become stronger and better as human beings, as business people, as owners, as uh, employees, whatever it might be. In other words, you do have a choice. You have a choice to be in fear, or you can say, look, Here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to listen to the news after 6 p.m. anymore. Why? Because part of my immune system is getting a good night's sleep. And I'm not going to get a good night's sleep as if the last thing I do, I read about all the deaths and all the destruction. Maybe I need to be reading some things that are uplifting. Maybe I need to be reading stories of how people are doing like that little girl singing in the street so that I can get a good night's sleep because I need a good immune system. So uh, maybe I need to eat a little bit better right now. Because uh, the three things, I never got to all those three things earlier, was you want to get uh, exercise, you want to get a good night's sleep, and uh, you want to get good nutrition. And all of us think different about what is a good meal and what's good nutrition. So I'm not going to get into telling you what's good or bad, but rather to say err on eating the best you can right now because that's part of your immune system. When your immune system and you're taking care of your body, that also helps your brain and your mentality. So a little bit less of the news and the doom and gloom at night, maybe get that in the morning uh, or maybe at noon for a little while and then that's it. And then again, let's start thinking about what did I learn? I will not only just survive this, but you know what, I'm gonna get better at this. One last little comment on my uh, friend in, uh, uh, that was in uh, the, what, the, what they called the Hanoi Hilton <laughs> during uh, that, uh, the war. Uh, I remember asking um, another friend of mine, Jerry Coffey, who was the longest held prisoner of war in Vietnam. Uh, and I said to Jerry, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys didn't make it through that. And he said, yep, you're right. Uh, there, were, there were people that didn't make it. And I said, Jerry, you were there. What was the biggest difference between the people that made it and the people that didn't make it through that horrible being, you know, in solitary confinement, 
in a prison for that many years during the war. And he said, well, that's simple. What we saw is the people that said they're not going to be able to make it didn't make it. The people that didn't think they could handle it weren't able to handle it. The people that knew they were going to get home, they all got home. It's all about mindset. During the Korean War, the, the, the guys, uh, we know that the uh, people, and by the way, I do some strategic advising to the Joint Chiefs and to the DOD, so I have some connections there as an advisor. And uh, in, during the Korean War, the, the, the biggest loss of life by prisoners of war were those that just got in a fetal position in the corner and just let themselves die. Don't get yourself in a fetal, a fetal position and let yourself go. This is not a time to hunker down. This is a time to think bigger. You know, Dan, you have been talking about the future. And I know one of the things that you've said to many, many times to me is that people get caught up in the now and they don't really think about the future. But the future is where we're going to spend our time. And you, you talk about the future view. And what you're really telling people is, you know, yes, we're here, but look forward. Yes, and your, your, how you view the future will determine your future. It's unbelievably yes. powerful. So, you know, maybe you need to elevate your future. It's not quite as doom and gloom as you want. But, you know, the needs of us and all the desires we have are all there. And right now, by the way, it's important to do physical distancing. We need to get a control of this thing while we get our healthcare systems and everything up. It's going to save, it's saving lives already. If we don't have a lot of bad numbers, it's because of what we're doing now. So we Dan, will come back. Dan, put out your numbers again, um, your contact. And the other thing is, I know that you've got something coming up this coming Friday, that a uh, free webinar that people can um, listen to. Would you, and, and they can go back and listen to the other four that you've done. Yeah, if they go to uh, Burris, B-U-R-R-U-S dot com slash webinar five, you can register for uh, the one coming up uh, this uh, Friday. It's a, uh, I'm not selling or promoting anything. All I'm doing is helping people and giving examples like I did in the beginning of how companies are turning things around. And I've got a global audience. It's been really great. If you'd like and to- People are asking questions. You're allowing people to actually ask questions of oh, you. It's unbelievable. Getting a, Actually, that's where we're all learning from each other. So yes. a lot of it is about question and answer. And if you want to look at the old ones, because you missed it, because I started doing them about four weeks ago, uh, and I'm only going to do a couple of more. Uh, you can go to burris.com slash hope and see uh, the old ones. In, another thing. Uh, One is, second, real, real quick. <laughs> all right. Just go to burris, B-U-R-R-U-S.com. And if you're a business uh, and you're looking at, you know, how can I learn to do some of this stuff, uh, click on, uh, you know, anticipatory leader and you'll find out a lot of ways that as a business person, as an employee, as a small or large company, you can get through this and, uh, I think you'll find some real, real use. So Burris.com, you'll find thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. And please join me tomorrow right here on WISN AM 1130 at noon when I interview Mike Roth, founding principal of Stark Investments, as we discuss how this global pandemic impacts the financial markets. We'll bring more recordings on this topic over the coming weeks. To hear all of our Money Sense shows on demand, visit ellenbecker.com slash moneysense or go to Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you find these informative, and be sure to share them with your family and friends. Have a really great day, and we'll see you tomorrow.